Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. We're so happy to have Jess Merrick join us today on the podcast. Welcome, Jess, from the Little Dreamer UK on Instagram. Hi. It's so lovely to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's very nice to see you guys. Oh, and lovely to see you too. So we just wondered if we could start off by um, getting you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your career and, you know, how we got to where we are today. Yeah, so I, um, well, I met you guys at Norland College, which is where I trained to become a nanny. And I went on to nanny for 12 years, which was amazing. It was the most incredible experience. I travelled around the world. I met some amazing families. I also started a children's party entertainment business in London, part-time, alongside nanny, which was incredible. I then decided that I would slow down my nannying career and I took on my last nanny job in Bermuda which led me on to the next stage of my journey as it were. Um, I nannied there for two years which was amazing, the most beautiful country ever. It was a very unusual job where I worked 24-7 for two weeks and then I would have two weeks off. So I was, it enabled me to travel quite a lot in the time that I was having off which led me on to starting up on an Instagram account, a travel Instagram account, which actually ended up taking me around the world, which was amazing. And it became a full-time job for me. I left nannying, said goodbye to the family, and then took on my Instagram account full-time. Wow, that's crazy. Amazing. Which was mega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I just, the whole sort of like photography and videos and all that content creation just sort of came to me. I taught myself photography, ended up working with hotels, taking photos of hotels. I was taken on press trips. I mean, it was just, it was, it was incredible. And then I thought, oh, it's time to have a baby. And obviously my, everything changed when I had Ottie. And (laughs) honestly, we were just saying before we came on, Ottie is an absolute delight. Like Claire was just oh. saying that she literally, if you're having a bit of a, oh my goodness, kind of day, we <laughs> go onto your Instagram account and it just makes us smile. She oh. is adorable. <laughs> she yeah, really she's is. such, she's such a character. So much like character comes out for her. I love her to pieces. She's an amazing little girl. And I mean, considering with how much she goes through on a daily basis, I think she's just unbelievable so for the for the benefit of our listeners <laughs> i like yeah. saying that it's quite cool um <laughs> do, do you want to just tell us a little bit about ottie and you know kind of what yeah. led us to you know get, come this, together yeah. yeah yeah so when ottie was born uh she had the heel prick test which is happens in the uk after five days of being born and uh we got the results back two weeks later to say that she had cystic fibrosis And I mean, honestly, we never, ever, ever expected to hear back from that heel prick test. It just it just doesn't even come into your mind when when it's being done. You think, whatever, she'll be absolutely fine. She's perfect. Mm. Absolutely perfect. Well, she is. But I mean, just Mm. (laughs) Um, and we got the results. And honestly, it, it I that was the worst day of our entire lives because she was actually in hospital 
She was, so yeah. We um ended up following you just because of we obviously know you through our kind of Norland connections and things like that. And we were following you. And I just remember saying to Bex, you know, Ottilie's not very well. And because she had a really distended tummy, didn't she? She did. Well, that was the first sign. So I started to notice after, I think she was about a week old, that her tummy was getting bigger and bigger. I was monitoring it. And then it got to a stage where I thought this actually... I mean, I've seen so many babies' tummies before. And there was it got to a state where I thought, I, this this can't be right unless I'm imagining it. And obviously Will was my partner. He thought, well, I don't know what a baby's tummy looks like. And I said, we've got to go and get it checked out. So we went straight to the hospital and they said, no, we're admitting her straight away. This is incredible. what age was she then? She was uh, about, about a week and a half, so just before the diagnosis. Uh, got to the hospital and they said it's a dairy intolerance. Uh, she's had a huge, huge reaction to dairy, which is why it's caused her tummy to swell. So we were there for three days. I lost all my breast milk because of the trauma. Um, you know, I just had a baby. I just It was just so horrible to be in hospital after a week of being home with her. Got home and two days later we got a call from... A, a nurse she said I'm a specialist nurse and we have some news about your heel prick test and we will be coming around at 9am tomorrow morning to tell you the news and I mean to receive a phone call like that we were lying in bed thinking what on earth can this be what on earth can this be and you obviously start googling and you think what does the heel prick test results come back with and it all comes back with some form of a disease really it's the blood test and um, they came around the next day and they said, uh, you need to go to Brighton Hospital to meet um, a team to, and we need to do a sweat test on Ottie to see whether or not she has cystic fibrosis. And so we obviously then drove to Brighton the next day and they did the sweat test and actually they didn't find any sweat um, on her skin. She didn't produce any sweat, which is to do with, which is to do with salt, uh, salt and cystic fibrosis, which I can explain about. Um and they said, but we can tell you now that your child has cystic fibrosis. We don't need the sweat test to to tell us that she has CF. And, yeah, I mean, the news was devastating, absolutely devastating. I mean, we, we had no idea that we were both carriers of the gene. And in order for a child to have cystic fibrosis, both parents have to carry the CF gene. Okay. And... Obviously, because there's no CF in our family. I mean, we'd have no idea that CF in our family. I mean, generations ago, I don't know, but we have no idea. So obviously having Otty was such a surprise, and it's one in four chance. So, um, and she was the one, the special little one. Yeah. And so you were in hospital for quite a while from that point, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. So we then got home and... We told them about the whole tummy distension and they said, no, it's not a dairy allergy. Uh, She's got cystic fibrosis and this is what it will be. We will give you some medicines, which is the Creon enzymes, um, and see how you go. So we went home to give you a bit of an idea of uh, the diagnosis and what you get from it team wise. They 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 give you a CF team. So. In that team, we have a uh, cystic fibrosis nurse, a nurse specialist. We have a CF dietitian, a CF psychologist, and a CF consultant. And you get given this team with your diagnosis, and you get all their phone numbers and their email addresses, and they say, you know, you can contact us if you have 
any concerns, which is just unbelievable, unbelievable. So to leave that hospital knowing that I had a team that I could contact if I had any stresses or concerns was just amazing. So then we obviously got home after our Brighton appointment and Otty deteriorated further. So they admitted us straight away and we were there for just over five weeks in Brighton Hospital. And it took a long, long time to work out what was going on with Otty because she was passing stools. And the reason that they were confused was 20% of CF babies that are born are born with something called meconium eyeless, which basically means they can't pass their meconium poo naturally. It has to be surgically removed because it's blocked in their bowels. And with Otty, they were so perplexed because she was passing her stools, and but then yet she had this huge tummy. So uh, they realised that actually through x-rays and you know, looking through her body, actually she was partially blocked with plugs and the plugs is what was actually causing the distension. So incredibly, and we were so lucky, but she avoided surgery and they managed to uh, clear it all out with enemas, which is amazing because I couldn't, I mean, to have her go through surgery at such a young age. I mean, and so many of them do. I know lots of little CF babies that go through it. How many babies are there that have, I mean, how common is it? Well, it's about 10,500 babies in the UK okay. have CF. What What's so unusual about this is that um, not many people know about cystic fibrosis. And, I mean, I, I had no idea what cystic fibrosis was. Do you want to... What did, What happened? Did you... Did, did they tell you? Yeah, so we obviously... Yeah, so CF um, affects the... Salt channels is an inherited condition, which you inherit, as I said, from both parents. And it affects the salt channels and the transport of salt and water through the cell membranes. And then due to this disruption of the cell membranes, the, their bodies produce excessive amounts of mucus, which sits in the passageways of their bodies leading to vital organs, such as their lungs and pancreas. So... That mucus just sits there and, like, for instance, Otty has something called pancreatic insufficiency, which means the passageway leading to her pancreas is blocked full of mucus and she can't naturally produce enzymes like our bodies do, which break down the uh, fat in our food and give us nutrients in order for us to put on weight. That's what our pancreas does for us. But Otis doesn't work like that. So she has to have special enzymes before every fatty meal. They Honestly, Creon enzymes have saved her life. Saved her life. Made her put on weight. Mm. All the chub that she is today. Oh, she's got the best chub as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So in, in that respect then, I suppose cystic fibrosis can affect ch- different children in different ways. Yeah, hugely. Mm. But obviously we don't... Um, and the reason it's it's a scary condition um, is because she's very, very susceptible to viruses, bacterial infections, fungi infections, because they see the mucus as a cosy home. So they then obviously, if someone's near Otty and they have a cold, they jump into that mucus and think, oh, I'm going to set up base here. And they actually make them very, very ill. They can't fight off uh, colds and, and viruses 
and bacteria infections, you know, which you find in mould, which we would have no problem with really, yet she would, um, because they stay around for longer. So she has to go on to strong antibiotics, which, which do work. Um, in some cases, they have to be admitted to hospitals for IVs. Our day is full of medicines and physio in order to keep her healthy and so alive. what does the daily routine look like? So she wakes up, she's an amazing sleeper, cracking routine. Well done. I should hope so. <laughs> we would expect no less, Jess. <laughs> um, she wakes up, she has a big lot of medicine before her first bottle. But she, you know, she just takes them like an absolute trooper because she doesn't know any different. And I think that is what's amazing. You know, she doesn't know any different. From the day she was two weeks old, she was taking creon enzymes. So she knows them. And she wakes up, takes her medicine, has her bottle. And then we have 15, 20 minutes of physio, which is percussions on her body. And the reason we do the percussions is to shift the mucus off those lungs and get it moving. And I think the older she gets, uh, the more that they cough it up, which is great. You know, we want her to get it out. Uh, But right now I wouldn't, you know, we do this as sort of a preventative and more for her to just get used to it because she's going to have to have it for a long time you know for the rest of her life she will have to have physio so I think that's why the physiotherapist says you've got to start young did I mention that we have a physio CF therapist no I didn't know no, I didn't know no. you do you get their part of the team okay too. so they teach you they teach you what yeah you they need teach to do. you yeah. yeah yeah and then we then she has her lunchtime sleep and then in the afternoon, we have a second lot of physio, which again is uh, percussions. And actually, we've got her annual review coming up. So I think the, the physiotherapy will be upped, I think, because the older they get, they have a bit more intensity physio-wise. So we'll have to see. And then she goes down to bed, has dinner, goes down to bed. I mean, that is our... And does she eat? She eats well and... She eats brilliantly, yeah. Yeah, yeah really, really good. So I weaned her at four months because I was so concerned. She was born at 37 plus five days so she was quite a small little baby um and I also think early weaning if they're ready early weaning is great I mean it's, it's for each it's for each person obviously and each child but she was weaned at four months so is a real foodie <laughs> because you were having to give her was it like an apple puree with her crayon? yeah exactly from yeah, yeah, really yeah. little wasn't helps it them. Well, right from two weeks yeah. old, she was having apple puree. I mean, to be honest, I can't believe she's not fed up with apple puree. <laughs> I would be so over apple puree. <laughs> and it helps the absorption of the absorption of the creon, which is why it has to be an acidic right. fruit. Gosh, you've really... It's such a steep learning curve being a first-time... You know, even with your training yeah. and everything else and the nannying, being oh, a parent gosh, I mean, is a whole different yeah. thing. And being a parent who suddenly gets a diagnosis and has to suddenly learn all this yeah I mean I think I feel I feel fortunate that I had had so much experience I mean if I was a newborn a new mum and I never held a newborn before and I got told that you know your child has a genetic condition and it's lifelong and it's life-threatening I just I couldn't even imagine I mean couldn't imagine I mean, it's hard. I do. I do find it hard. And obviously, Will Will works away. My partner works away uh, every eight weeks or so. He's on rotation and comes home. But um, 
That's a lot as it well, is isn't it? it is. For both of you, from different perspectives. It's a lot for you for the eight weeks when you don't have Will, but it must be hard for Will yeah. to be away for eight weeks. To, oh, yes, so, so hard. Misses her. And all those little things that, you know, at this stage, but then nine to 12 months is such a huge growth that they have. They, they just turn into little human beings. Uh, you know, they're not little babies anymore. And apart from the team that you've got at hospital, so the physio and the dietitian and things like that, what other support network do you have? I mean, are there lots of cystic fibrosis groups of children yeah. your age and that kind of thing? Yeah, there are. I mean, the first thing that I did when we got the diagnosis was actually look up the cystic fibrosis hashtag on Instagram. And obviously there is a cystic fibrosis trust Um which is an amazing page. So I actually trawled through the CF Trust followers at, and kind of had a look to see what accounts were out there. And I reached out to quite a few parents um, who had children with cystic fibrosis, who I still speak to now. And just to just, I literally just sent them a message to say, I've my child's just been diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. I'm devastated. Can we speak? And every single person replies, and I still reply to those messages. I get them all the time. And I will always reply to those parents because I know exactly what they're going through. And that was that was the biggest thing at the beginning um, because no one knew, none, you know, my family and friends didn't know what cystic fibrosis were. And they've been incredible. But I think if you if you need to hear from someone who's going through what you're going through it's better to go directly to mm. them, I think. And what do you say to somebody who has just... And what did people say to you? I mean, I I, I, lit- I say, you know, the news is absolutely devastating. I mean, you will cry. I, we cried for days. Um, but I say, you know, take every day as it comes. Um, life will always throw, you know, different curveballs at you and we just never know. It's the unknown with CF... But I think the most important thing is to try and stay present um, and think about the day that you're in. Try and not control the next day because it is out of your control. You know, mm. I, I, do the best you can. Do the best you can. I think the fact that there is Instagram, you know, we all know that it can have its mm benefits and it's and there's there is the negatives and I think you've had that as well and I just can't even believe that you've had negative stuff. oh yeah and it still shocks me that people could even say some of the stuff they say but it's that whole thing of there is a community and that support and I think it is raising awareness and that's a really important thing isn't it that yeah I mean that's why I set up our account and that must be such a huge comfort to so many people, because I have to say, we've learned a lot about cystic fibrosis just following, you know, the, the things that you've had to do. And, you know, and I, I kind of I think I, there must have been somebody at my school, I think, because when you started doing the percussions, I kind of that kind of triggered a memory for me that, you know, somebody at school had had to have a similar thing happen. But you don't really you don't really take it on as actually when you actually see it happening day after day, you don't mm. appreciate the, the kind of um, routines that children and parents, you know, do. And I think it's been an amazing resource for them. Yeah. I think the the one thing that kind of really, 
It sounds like we stalk you, Jess. We don't. We just no, we do. follow you. We do. Um, but we're just so interested. I think it's the whole, you know, like you had to get rid of all your plants and your, you know, and your cleaning yeah. routines are just so intense because it's so important for utterly not to have all those things. And it's just like, wow, it's a minefield. It's not just her condition, it's everything. Yeah, I think, and I think at the beginning, I mean, it, CF is incredibly consuming, brain consuming, because everywhere you go, there is that kind of risk assessment I now have to do. You know, I have to look at a scenario and think, oh God, that's so not safe. She can touch it, but I'm going to have to wash her hands afterwards. You know, there is that, Will and I have actually really to, really tried to find a balance now because we want to give her that life where she, 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 you know, she's like every other child. We don't want to restrict her. We want to give her the best life possible. And, you know, she deserves that. So I think with every scenario that I go into now, I think, <gasps> take a deep breath. We're just going to have to wash our hands straight after that. Mm-hmm. You know? And if she puts her hands in her mouth, I'll be over there with a wet wipe. And I think, <laughs> you know, I, that is just the way it's going to be I'm, I'm getting better it's it's been hard and you know at the beginning I was cleaning all the time all the time and since she's actually not putting her hands in her mouth as much it's I have eased out a bit it is it is a concern the constant hands in mm. her mouth because they touch something bacteria in is that bacteria going to affect her it's hard so how do you, do you, are you able to do things like classes and groups with her? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm actually going to look into, obviously it's been a bit of a rough run with bugs and stuff right now with obviously COVID and everyone's getting sick. So that's another thing with CF is it is incredibly isolating because, you know, my sister has three kids and two of them go to school. So the amount of stuff they come back with on a monthly basis you know, we can hardly see them because we can't see people who are feeling poorly. Thank goodness for FaceTime. And I think we will do classes, especially outdoor classes now that the weather's mm. turning. Um, I don't feel, you know, that she she needs to go to nursery right now. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't need to. I'm around. Um, she gets everything I think she needs sensory-wise from me. She's got my company. Um, we see my sisters when we can. We see friends' children outside. We rarely have playdates indoors at the moment, but I reckon, again, that will change because the weather's going to get better. We can have windows and doors open. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, that's where I'm still at. You know, it's still unknown. Everything about this is mm. still very much unknown. Do you think that if somebody came to visit you and didn't know she had cystic fibrosis, that they would know? Like that there was something different. No, no. no. I mean, no. You just wouldn't look at Otty and think that she's got you a chronic condition. You would just wouldn't. And that's the really hard thing, isn't it? As well. Well, that's why it's a silent disability, mm. and I think that's why a lot of people with these um, silent disabilities struggle mm. because no one knows. It is. It's. It's hard. Really, really hard. Do you have lots of hospital appointments still? Yeah, we go to Cystic Fibrosis Clinic uh, every two months now. So it used to be every month, but it's now every two months. And uh, they weigh her, they talk to you, they you know see how everything's going. They do a cough swab to see if she's harbouring any bacterias. And just a general um, 
chat with the psychologist to see how my mental health is doing, which is a huge part of it. And I think I, I really I, I think it's incredible that they have that mm. that support. I mean, there, there's masses of support out there. Cystic Fibrosis Trust have a helpline. Um, which is amazing, really amazing helpline. So if anyone is struggling with a new diagnosis, then to 100% phone the CF Trust. Yeah, I think for me, I think the support has been phenomenal, which is what has helped massively. The support from friends, family and the team. Yeah. Really, the CF team. It's just, yeah, going back on the figures, I just thought I'd I'd just double check that we were saying... And it is. It's around uh, 10,600 people in the UK have cystic fibrosis. That's one in every 2,500 babies are born with it. And it affects around 100,000 people in the world. Worldwide, yeah. Which is is not much, really, is it? It's a big thing, though, isn't it? It's a huge thing for families to cope with. We actually, um, we have friends who had their first child... Um, and then had their second child and exactly the same situation. They had the hill prick test and their second child was diagnosed with CF and they're both carriers and didn't know. One child did, one child did. And um, well, it is, it's one in four. You know, you just, you could have two children with cystic fibrosis. And they had no clue. And I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? It's that yeah. whole, for anyone to have a diagnosis after birth because you go through your pregnancy and it's like oh you know everything's going really well and it's and I'm sure you know having gone from what you were doing with your all your traveling and things like that is that something that you're going to be able to do with Ottilie or do you feel that that's something that you'll consider as she gets older and maybe not I think I'll consider it when she gets a bit older I'm not sure I mean I think I don't know. I mean, I've asked the CF team and I've said, you know, how is travel? Is it, you know, are we able to just travel with her? And they've said, it's absolutely fine. Just carry on, carry on with your medicines. Be careful, use hand gel. I think I would like her to get a little bit older, start walking, be stable on her feet, hands not so much everywhere. <laughs> yeah, her development's incredible though, isn't it? I mean, I was watching her getting off and on the bed the other day. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, wow, she's so strong and... She's so strong, but I think that's the physio because we spent a lot of the time at the beginning bouncing on a ball. And then I looked into ball bouncing and what it does. And it, the core strength that Ottie has is incredible. <laughs> yeah, but yours I too. Swear. <laughs> yeah, mine too. I have to say, my pelvic floors are fine now. That I sorted, <laughs> sorted that out. What would you... Have we actually... Have we covered this? What would you say to a family? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, to, to go on from that, though, I would definitely say is to talk to people. I think a lot of the time if I wake up and I have a bad day, the which happens. I mean, I wake up and I think I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from washing syringes. I'm exhausted from doing physio. I'm exhausted thinking about is she safe at doing that? And I do have bad days. And I think the first thing I do is to call my mum or family member or a friend and just rant Mm. rant let it all out cry and rant I actually don't want anyone to say anything to me I just want them to listen I just I don't want them to give me feedback I just want them to listen to my rant and then I'm fine I'm like right it's time to get on with my day now do you find there's a specific thing that triggers you feeling or having a day like that or is it just how the day goes no honestly it's just how the day's the day goes I mean obviously a lot of it I think for me is hormonal with everyone I think, you know, if you've got a hormonal day and you feel emotional and you're tired, 
your mind leads you to places that you don't necessarily want to go to. You know, I think about certain things where I suddenly think, oh gosh, I've not seen anyone for ages because everyone's full of bugs and colds. You know, and I think that... But but we all have those days. I think it's really important. And I think it's important to cry and let it out and then just say to yourself, right, I'm not parking here in the sadness. I'm moving on. Tomorrow's a new day. Let's start again. How would you... I th- that whole people having bugs and everything else. How do you... Are you quite nervous about people being upfront and honest about the fact that they might not be feeling 100%. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, people are amazing. They have been amazing with me now. I mean, they will call and say, Jess, I've sneezed three times. I've sneezed three times. (laughs) Do you want to meet up? (laughs) And I think, yes, you're absolutely fine. Please don't worry. But thank you for being honest. And I, I always say thank you so much for being honest because I don't think people want to give Otty anything, quite rightly. You know, they don't want to feel that guilt of, I went out with a cold, I held Ottie, and she's now got a cold. And we're quite strict, really, with people holding her. I mean, I'm quite strict with people holding hand washing. They've got to wash their hands before holding her. They don't kiss her. I don't want anyone too near her face. And it's interesting, isn't it, actually, since we've had the pandemic, people are much more used and more accepting they of that are. now, um, mm. just in general. And so that's, in some ways, that's a bit more of a reassurance that people are more used to doing it. And hopefully Definitely. are doing it more <laughs> and tables in restaurants are being cleaned really well and they are, that kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah definitely and I don't feel like a slightly over neurotic mother when I say please can I clean the high chair again and they just sort of go oh god no fine because everyone's so used yeah. to that sort of covid vibe it's weird we're talking positively about covid but in that in that instance well, you know well, in that respect i think it has mm. been apparently for a lot of the cystic fibrosis people it was a bit of a blessing the the the, the covid because it meant that people were going out with masks on they mm. weren't going out sick they were staying home and i think that was yeah it was it was good for the for the get for the beginning stages. Obviously, we didn't really know what COVID was going to do to people with cystic fibrosis. They were so, mm. you know, they were unaware of what this respiratory virus would do to someone who suffers from respiratory problems. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think um, they're not too worried about it now. And nor am I. Actually, I'm more worried about someone having a stinking chest infection mm. than I am about COVID. But I think it's everyone just needs to with any children I think people getting in their faces or kissing them if they're not really that close with them it it's not something it's not okay full stop and I think maybe it's it's done a bit of a restart and I'm not saying don't cuddle and kiss babies but I think it's just pause think about it yeah 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 yeah, and, and and people don't just go up to babies now really and just touch them which for me I'm just like that's great Mm -hmm. um but it has changed the whole approach to how people do that. Yeah, it definitely has. So just in general, if, you know, there is somebody listening who perhaps has had a new diagnosis or is a, a maybe a couple of months down the line, where is the best place to find the information? Is it the Cystic Fibrosis Trust? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think there is so much bad information online it's out of date and it you know states back to what cf was like in the 60s and it's nowhere near like that anymore and you know we have some unbelievable medicines now and the advancements with the science behind the medicines and cystic fibrosis is incredible and it's it's a bright future for everyone with cf which i think is exciting Mm, it definitely is 
because there is yeah. a new medication that's come out hasn't there there is called Caftrio. we and we're one of the fortunate um people actually that otty can access us, that drug because she has a common common cf gene um but there are 10 percent of the cf community that have rare genes and with that rare gene the, the Caftrio just doesn't work a lot of the medicines that actually are available don't work for them, which is so sad, and which is why, obviously, fundraising and continuing creating awareness for CF is so important because it gives everyone a chance to have access to these drugs. And through the Little Dreamer UK, you have so done that. You really oh. have. I mean, I, I like us, like we said, you know, we don't stalk you, but but we have learned <laughs> a lot about yeah. cystic fibrosis through the account and I absolutely would implore anybody who wants to know more or you know just wants to see what an incredible job you're both doing with Otty and how wonderfully she's doing yeah. to follow you yeah yeah no I mean I enjoy doing her account and running her account and and creating awareness for it mm, I think it's really important really really important which is why I'm throwing my everything into it now and parked my other account. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, you know, it's another, it's, you know, we talked about a journey, you know, every mm. single, you know, different turn you take is another journey and it's equally as important. And, you know, this yeah, is exactly. the next step in your life exactly. and, and you're doing an amazing job. So, you know, thanks Thank you. for doing that. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here and following her journey. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do the podcast, because I think it's just the more you can learn about it. And even if you if yeah. it's supporting a friend who has that diagnosis, yeah. it, it's so you oh, know, completely. And I mean, I think I I'm we're still learning about it. I mean, I'm a new parent and I didn't know anything about CF. I mean, I'm still learning about CF every single day. You know, different bacteria infections that someone might have. I think, well, I've never heard of that before. I didn't realise she could get that. Um, it is it is constant learning for me as well. Having a child with medical needs is something that I never imagined I would be, no, of course would be not. doing. No. Never imagined. But you certainly got all the medication and your strategies, it seems, down to an absolute Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, she's yeah. yeah, she's good. But I mean routine helps with that, I have to say. I think it she's it she she knows when she's coming or going and I think the structure to her day helps massively. Yeah. And I think to be honest, for me, if I didn't have a routine, I wouldn't know um what time of day she should be having her medicines because half of them have to be taken an hour before a feed or two hours after a feed. I mean, if I didn't have the routine, I couldn't work that out. No, it is really important, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Jess. It's been so interesting to hear all about it, Um, especially from somebody, you know, has actually had that whole experience just even from that first heel prick test, you know, you kind of, I think when you're a new mum, you don't really realise what the implications might be from, you know, receiving some news as a result of that. So thanks for really, really appreciate you opening up to us about that. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening. If there's something you'd like us to talk about, we'd love you to get in touch and let us know. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bespoke Family or head to our website. The links are in our show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear. We're Bex and Claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of Newborn to Team and everything in between. See you then. See you then.